Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the pod. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Keegan and the boys. I'm joined today by Sam Godsey and Tanner Dislin. This mega episode will cover everything from the past week, last weekend's NFL games and the national championship, as well as everything in the upcoming Super Wild Car Weekend. Let's get into all of that and more here on episode 32 of Crunch Time. Let's just get right into the winners and losers. We have a lot to talk about today. Who's our winner of the episode, Tanner? Finally, Keegan, the hurdle has been achieved, and that is Georgia has finally beaten Alabama. Let alone in a championship game. Finally beat them in a game, but it happens to be in a championship game of this season. And the winner has to be Stetson Bennett and those Bulldogs. Stetson Bennett, I mean, there couldn't have been two different quarterbacks facing off in this national championship game. One guy... Um, got his first offer when he was in, you know, a freshman in high school and has, was the number one recruit and really all of the spotlight was on him from the beginning. But I, I mean, I guess he was doubted, but we, let's not go down that road, but the spotlight was on him from the beginning. Stetson Bennett had to walk on at his dream school at Georgia, then transferred out to Juco only to transfer back to Georgia and be buried in the depth chart. I think Kirk Herbstreit said it on the broadcast that they were there for that week one game, Georgia versus Clemson. And they didn't even have Stetson Bennett on their on their depth chart. They didn't they didn't know who he was. They didn't have him anywhere on the sheets. He rose his way up to the starting quarterback and the MVP of the national champion Georgia Bulldogs. So, congrats to Stetson Bennett. Congrats to the Bulldogs. The hurdle has been achieved, as I said, and uh, it it was a great season for for Georgia. So, congrats there. Yeah, I mean, when we were talking about this game in the last episode, something that Sam and I were talking about when we picked when we picked Alabama. You, you taking Georgia, but we were talking about how Kirby Smart had never beaten Nick Saban and could they get over the hump? And they did. And Stetson Bennett showed up in big situations for that to happen. A lose one of, we have several losers at the episode. I'll kick it off with the first one. And also the first in linear order of these three. It, one of the losers has to be the Indianapolis Colts with two weeks remaining in the regular season. All the Colts needed to do is win one game. They had a, they had a game against the Raiders, and then their final game was at the Jacksonville Jaguars. And so they lost against the Raiders, and so they come into week 18 against the Jaguars, win or go home. And what do they do? But they put up the biggest clunker of the season by far, and not only against a team that has only won two games this season – uh, that one being their third win of the season, but because of how badly their season has been and because of how bad management has been, fans were showing up to the game wearing clown masks. Someone paid for a plane flying overhead. It read clown town on a sign that the plane was pulling around, but we, the Colts traveling down to clown town, a team that had only won two games up to that point. And it's not even close, not even close. They get blown out. Carson Wentz looks the worst he's looked all season long. And the Colts miss out on the playoffs when all they really had to do is just keep handing Jonathan Taylor the ball. But you got to give props to that Jacksonville Jaguars team that looked the best they've looked not only this year, but in several years. That defense looked really stout on the goal line, stopping Jonathan Taylor on one red zone attempt. But I mean, Indianapolis Colts, what are you doing? We had conversations on on this show about how the Indianapolis Colts were the hottest team in football and how they were a wild card team no one wanted to face. Uh And they were even still in the mix for the division. But if they were to end up a wild card team, no one wanted to face them. They were red hot. Mm -hmm. And then they smoked two very winnable games and cost them a playoff berth. These, Art these to two, fathom. Yeah, right. These two other teams, definitely losers. You know, Sam, you're going to talk about the next one. But I find it hard to say that either of these two losers are bigger than the Colts because losing to the Jaguars. And, and I guess one other part of the thing is the fact that this is the Jaguars and the Colts are in the same division. And Indianapolis hasn't won in Jacksonville since 2014. Like the Jaguars have not been good during that almost decade. It's been that long. You have to go back to Andrew, early parts of Andrew Luck's career. But Sam, who is the next loser of the app? 
So yeah, let me let me say you uh, the scene for this next one. <laughs> so, like you said, Keegan, the Colts um, lost to the Jags somehow, some way, and a v- very unique situation. So, Chargers are the loser, um, and they are facing off the Raiders. They have to tie, and they're both in. That did not happen. So, the Chargers. <laughs> Ended up losing the Raiders in an all-time failure fashion. So, with 38 seconds left, Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Chargers, called a timeout as time is winding down. And the Raiders call play, drop the middle, get the first down, and they end up kicking the game winner uh, to win the game, pushing the Raiders to the playoffs. And in post-game conversation, you see, I believe, David Derek Carr um, talking to Austin Eckler. And he you can clearly see that Derek Carr was like, we were content giving up, giving a tie, but your coach called that timeout. We we had to go for it. And Eckler's like, seriously, really? So that – they were content tied, which is <sighs> ridiculous. It's just a crazy way to uh, end your season for a Chargers there. It's such a weird situation because, after you know, in the post game, obviously people are like, Staley, why did you call the timeout? His response was saying that he wanted to get his best 11 out there on the defense. He wanted to get his starting defensive tackles in there uh, so they could potentially stuff, you know, the Raiders on third down there. It was really interesting how, like you said, Derek Carr said the timeout changed their strategy. Uh, before the timeout, they were uh, they were in the gun formation. But then when they came out of the timeout, Carr was under center. And so they clearly changed something. So there was evidence of their, you know, quote, changed strategy that Carr referred to. But let's not let Staley off the hook here with something else that happened earlier in this game. In the third quarter, you have a fourth and one on your own 18-yard line. And Staley is a big statistics guy. He listens to the analytics. And there's pros and cons to listen to the analytics. My opinion is it's got to be situational. You got to have a feel of the game. It's, it's a tool. It's not the entire toolbox. But statistics, analytics is just part of your weaponry as a head coach. But Staley... He is incredibly aggressive with these analytics. He goes for it on fourth and one from his own 18, and they get stuffed. Even the analytics said it wasn't that big of a difference. If they had converted that fourth and one, they would have had a 37% chance of winning. If they punted, they would have had a 33% chance of winning. So converting that fourth down, that's just a 4% jump. But if you don't get it, then at that point, I believe they're down something like uh, I believe they're down either five or six. This pushed it to eight or nine. So this made it a potentially a two possession game. Uh, they held the Raiders to a field goal, thankfully. But if they had scored a touchdown, that game could have been out of out of reach at that point. Uh, they held them to a field goal, eventually got to 15, sent it to overtime. So it almost worked out anyways. But we can't let them off the hook for what happened earlier in that game. On your own 18 yard line going for it. That's bad. It, it, it boggles me. It's bad. But uh, God, psychology and economics press professors are probably losing their mind. I mean, the timeout was the broke the trust of the prisoner's dilemma, the classic case. <laughs> and the timeout broke the trust. That all this goes down on Sunday night. We finally get the playoff field, we get the matchups. And then that only leaves Black Monday to follow, of course, which is when all of the eliminated franchises go ahead and fire their coaches that uh that need to be fired and the usual names go down you know you see mike zimmer thank god you see the, you see matt Nagy. you know you see all the and then you, you see brian flores and you just scratch your head because he has been one of the better coaches in the nfl for the last past few years uh, of the miami dolphins just to, to throw some numbers at you they had they had multiple losing seasons uh, in 17 and 18. I think they went 13 and 19 didn't really have direction. They hired Brian, Brian Flores for the 2019 season had a little bit of a rough year at five and 11, but flipped it like that. The next two seasons went 10 and six and nine and eight respectively turned that franchise around into a winning one. 
and you fire him? That made zero sense. Not a single football personality gave any sort of support to this decision, all of which are left scratching their head. And I, 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 just, I just don't get it. I don't know what else you can say about it. He was a perfect fit there. He was a good coach, turned them into a winning football team, and he's out. And there's not much else you can say. He won't be out of a job for long, I guess. So that's the only kind of positive you can take out of this if you, if you want, even want to. But he didn't certainly did not deserve to be fired, and, and the Dolphins fired a good one for absolutely no reason. Okay, then. Uh, Flores retires with a 24 and 25 record with the Dolphins. You know, so just literally a hair under 500, which is so much more of an improvement, like you're saying, Tanner, from before he arrived at the program. Because when they went five and 11, there was legitimate talk about this team being an 0 and 16 team. Like, this was not a good program. And for, for Flores to get this team to 500, you know, he, this, this tenure, uh, this can be looked back potentially as a stepping stone. If Miami brings in a, another coach and that coach takes them over the top, you know, Flores, this could be a stepping stone, but if this crashes and burns the leadership, the ownership here in Miami, they are going to look incredibly boneheaded and idiotic for letting go of Flores. The only reports that have come out that gives any sort of explanation as to why this happened is just that Flores and the GM, uh, Chris Greer, is that they didn't see eye to eye. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport says there was frustration and tension uh, boiling between them for, for over a month. Uh, and apparently, so there's a power struggle uh, between those two. Why they've been butting heads, no one knows. That's all speculation. Is it that Flores thought they should have brought in Deshaun Watson to have instead of Tua? Like, what is it specifically? There aren't any reports on that. But one way or another, Flores was taken. I mean, they swept the Patriots this year. They won eight of their final nine games of the season. That you, they just or, barely, they barely miss out of the playoffs. And they were coming out of the Adam Gase era. I mean, come on! And he turned them into a winning football team in just one in his second year as head coach. They went ten and six, and then another winning season year after that. So again, I, I just, I guess that there was tension, as you said, Keegan. But why? Like he's 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 winning. You yeah. see it. I, I don't get it. Yeah, clearly it's not for football reasons because there are no reports out there about the fact that he wasn't seeing enough success or anything like that. The, the only reports say it was a power struggle, so it definitely wasn't for football reasons. But like you mentioned, Tanner, there's a lot of openings out there right now. So Brian Flores is going to get a job somewhere and will probably be one of the first hires made when, yeah. when that time comes. But before we talk about some more NFL stuff, because, oh boy, there's a lot to tackle with the NFL playoffs being set. We're going to make our predictions later on, talk about uh, Super Bowl previews, who we think is going to get there. Before we hop into all of that NFL conversation, we got to talk about one other thing that happened in the past, and that would be the national championship game. We talked about that a little bit earlier with Stetson Bennett in Georgia being the winner, but we're going to dive a little bit deeper into this game. Georgia wins the national championship 33 to 18, finally getting the monkey off of their back, getting the national championship for the first time. in I believe 40 some years, it's been a long time for the Georgia faithful. So what was the biggest takeaway of this game? What was the biggest matchup that led into Georgia winning this thing? I mean, we got to give credit to Georgia's defense where it's due, right? Cause that thing looked dominant against Bama, especially in that fourth quarter. Yeah, I think I think my biggest takeaway is when the tide turned um, is when Jamison Williams, uh, unfortunately, went Let's, down. Pun intended. Let's go. When the well tide done, turned, you say. <laughs> but yeah, well unfortunately, done. Jamison Williams, yeah. uh, it's been diagnosed as an ACL injury. Yeah. Very unfortunate, but that's that's when I thought the game kind of switched. It. Uh, Basically, Bama's offense went stagnant. Given Bryce Young was throwing dimes, 
Just <laughs> everybody was yeah. dropping them. I, w- I would love to know the stats behind that. Um, unfortunately, they don't track that for some reason. But uh, a lot of injuries, I think, affected uh, Bama's success. But you can't take away from what Georgia did. Stetson Bennett, we've talked about him enough. But the two running backs kind of kicked ass, if I'm being honest. Uh, Zamir White, 13 carries, 84 yards, one touchdown. James Cook, uh, another great running back, six uh, carries for 77 averaging 12.8 yards just taking that pressure off Stetson Bennett where he doesn't have to throw 30 to 40 times to get the in the game against Bama but hats off to Kirby Smart um great win super cool moment after a game as well um Kurt, a, a lot of respect between Saban and Smart um really cool interaction Saban saying yeah you kicked our ass <laughs> in the fourth quarter uh-huh. and Kirby Smart's like, how's Williams doing? And just super cool. A lot of mutual respect. is a is a good game. I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. What when was it that Williams got injured? I believe it was early. It was it was before it was before halftime. I can say that with certainty. Um, yeah. It, I don't know exactly. If he had stayed in the game longer than just that first half, how big of a day he was going to have? Because he came off of quite the game last time, having seven receptions over. 150 yards for two touchdowns in the SEC championship game. But just in this first half, when he was still in the game, he had four receptions for 65 yards. So he was in the game for about a third of the whole thing. Like he was on pace to practically do about the same touchdowns. Maybe not, but you know, that came, that came very few, uh, very rarely did the touchdowns make an appearance in this national title game. Because was it six to nine at halftime in this game? It was. And, and and that's kind of my takeaway is that Georgia was able to play Georgia football. And that is run the ball, as you said, Sam, with those two good running backs putting together uh, over 150 plus combined on the ground. And that's when they started to get offensive rhythm is when they were able to establish that run. And then on defense, not letting up touchdowns. And that, that, to your point about Jamison Williams, I mean, obviously you, you hate to see anything like that for the kid, not only playing in the championship game, but, but he had draft aspirations. So at this point, if it, it seems like 20 ACLs have become routine, but it, you know, it, it still is, is something you have to rehab. So certainly get well soon, Jamison Williams. But as he left in the second quarter, Alabama had already been in the red zone three times and did not have a touchdown. And that is where this game was won. This game was won because Alabama kicked four field goals, scored one touchdown and didn't get the two point conversion. So when Alabama kicked field goals, Georgia scored touchdowns. And that is exactly where this game was won. The the field goals that Georgia kicked, the first one was from the first one was a 37-yard field goal. Georgia so they, or Alabama? Uh Bama. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Bama. Okay. So the, the first field goal that Bama kicked was a 37-yarder. Fringe red zone. Comes comes from the 20-yard line. Uh the second one was a 45. So that's outside the outside the red zone, but still close. Uh, the third one was another 37 yarder. So from the 20, then there's a 21 yard field goal. So that one comes from the four. And then, yeah, so th- those were Bama's four field goals of the d- game. So three of their four field goals were all from the red zone. The closest one being from the four yard. And, and one of them might've been, cause I, I, vivid, I remember a play where they were in the red zone and took a huge sack and got knocked out of the yeah, red you're zone. Right. So that, you're right. I, I don't know if that was that drive. I don't know if that was that drive, but it's possible that they could have been in the red zone for all four drives and, and Georgia's defense stepped up, did not let him in the end zone and held Alabama to three. Yeah. That, that Georgia defense, because we can talk about Stetson Bennett and I heard something on the radio as I was driving back from a shift following the national championship game. And the people were talking about the national championship and they're like, I get all these people, you know, ESPN talking about Stetson Bennett and his story. Cause it's a really cool story. But if you're lead of this Georgia game, and if you're talking about the reason why they won, the reason why they won isn't Stenson right. Bennett. He's a big piece of the puzzle, but he's not the reason. It's that defense. And, you know, we have to give them credit where credit's due because, like, we, like you said, if those field goals are touchdowns, this game, I don't think it's close because that, t- that late touchdown that came, uh, that pick six, that came off of Bama right. needing a touchdown, 
you know, needing to score. And so Georgia's forcing if, something if, that wasn't there. Yeah. If everything's sitting the same, Georgia's sitting with 26 points yeah. roughly. And, and I mean, you turn field goals into touchdowns and Bama said exactly. somewhere in the, in the and, 30s. Wasn't only the red zone. I mean, you, you turn Bryce Young over twice, the Heisman Trophy yeah. winner. You, I mean, according to the stats, Bryce Young had negative 43 yards rushing. So that's what, 43 yards in sacks, if not more. So you were able to get pressure. You are able to make Bryce Young uncomfortable and you were able to turn him over. So it was just a complete performance from the Georgia defense. It really was. One last thing I want to say about this game, uh, specifically about uh, Nick Saban. Because, Sam, you mentioned the – I think it was you that brought it up, Sam. Uh, the really cool moment between Kirby Spart and Saban. That, yeah. Uh, <laughs> talking about you kicked our ass in the fourth quarter because that's exactly what they did. Uh, a re- another really cool moment with Nick Saban was in the post game when Bryce Young and Will Anderson were with him in the press conference following. And the media said, thanks, Bryce. Thanks, Will, for your time. You know, you can go. And they started to walk, get up to go walk off the podium. And Nick Saban put his arms out and says, hang on, I want to say something. And then talks about how that one game doesn't define these players. And talking about how these two kids have so much more in front of them. It was really cool in that moment where Bryce Young and then Williams at that point, you know, both of them are just thinking about this loss and Nick Saban, he's been here before in these biggest of moments. And it's really cool to see a coach reassuring his guys and telling them in front of the media, in front of everybody here, you know, these guys are so much more than this loss. They have so much more in front of them than this. And it was a really yeah. cool moment to chip in there. I mean, Bryce Young gets a lot of attention and deservedly so, but, but uh, Will Anderson is a damn good ball player and he played really well in the championship game in particular. And uh, he's certainly going to be playing on Sundays. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Uh, any last thoughts on this national championship game? Shout out Stetson Bennett for his, uh, interview on good morning america <laughs> poor guy had to go on <laughs> hung over as hell he was looking a little rough good for was, him was, was rocking some bedhead on good morning america good for i mean not that he had a hangover but that he had the night before good for him he, he deserves it all yeah no and, kidding uh, heck of a story with bennett he's been in a lot of places and for him to have this moment i mean all the emotions on the sideline. Go back really to what. Watch. Go back to what Kirk Herbstreit said on the broadcast that the, the week one game they didn't even have him on 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 their radar. It wasn't on their depth charts. It wasn't on anything. That's <laughs> right. That's going to go ahead and wrap up the first half of the episode. We're going to go to a quick break. We'll be back with you talking about the NFL playoffs after this quick break. So stick tuned for that conversation. Welcome back from that quick break, and let's talk about the NFL. The NFL playoffs are set. We have the NFC, we have the AFC, we have all the matchups and all the potential future matchups that people are eyeing in the future. Will we get those? We're going to find out after this weekend. In the NFC, how things are sitting, the Packers have the bye. The two seven matchup is the Buccaneers and Eagles. Uh, The Cowboys and the 49ers sits as the three in the six. And then the Rams and the Cardinals sits as the four five matchup. Let's talk about our NFC predictions. We'll talk about that. Then we'll call, go over to the AFC and then we'll break down these matchups. But let's, let's go all the way back to the beginning of the pod, back when we started this whole thing, when we made our NFC predictions versus what the playoffs look like now. These are kind of painful to, look, to, to, to go back and look at. So who wants to break down their predictions first? Go ahead, Sam. You can lead us off. Okay. Thanks. Cam. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, um, the North, I had the Vikings. Yes. Yikes. Yes. <laughs> yes. South, uh, I, na- I nailed it. I uh, got the Bucks. The West, I had the Rams, nailed it. And East, I uh, had the Cowboys again nailing it. Uh, wild card one, I had the Cardinals nailed it. again. Wild card two, I had the Seahawks. I'm not going <laughs> to talk about that one. <laughs> and the wild card three spot, I also nailed with the yeah. Eagles. Like, so like I went, I went five for seven with the yeah. prediction. So I'll, I'll take it. Like you did 
like, let's talk about that. You did a really good job. Like where you missed, you missed big, but the, <laughs> but getting five of seven, right. That's pretty good. Not bad. Keegan, you want to go ahead? <sighs> if I have to, because let's, let's talk about this. So I had the Packers winning the North and they are the Kings of the North. They continue to be, uh, they, I had the Buccaneers out of the South. I had the Cowboys out of the East. So I had three of the four uh, division winners. I had the 49ers winning the West. They did not win the West and they weren't particularly close to winning the West, but they made a late run, late push, and they still made the playoffs. So that's at least something. Wildcard one, I have the LA Rams, the actual winners of the West. So uh, <laughs> it's these next two that's uh, not good. At number two, the, wild, the second wild card, I had the Washington football team. I expected this team to, you know, continue their defensive dominance. And then they brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I, I imagined that that offense was going to take another step forward. Not even close. <laughs> I thought they were going to feast off of the Giants and the Eagles, but it was actually the Eagles that feasted off the Giants and the football team. Uh, we won't be able to call them the football team much longer after February 22nd, but you know, we'll get there when we get there. And I also had the Seahawks, those sea chickens with that third wildcard spot. And uh, yeah, those chickens were gobbled up because they did not do well all season long. So a five for seven for you as well. Uh, not yeah. bad. Um, just switched the Rams and 49ers. That's right. And, and positionally, but five out of seven. And as the only one who got all division winners right, I guess I will end it. <laughs> So I had obviously the Packers winning the North, the Buccaneers winning the South, the Rams winning the West, and the Cowboys winning the East. My wild card one were those sea chickens that you were just talking about, <laughs> Keegan. Um, granted, we didn't expect a Russell Wilson injury. I'm yeah. not. I don't think they would have really made the playoffs if. Mm -hmm. Still, don't think they would have made the playoffs if he stayed healthy, but it wouldn't have been as bad as it was. Yeah. So. That was bad. Wild card two, I have the Cardinals. They ended up making the playoffs, so I'll take that. Yeah, and then wild card three, my Washington football team, <laughs> my, or my version of the Washington football team was the Carolina Panthers, man. That looked real good the first three weeks. It really did. It, it looked really, really good. good. And then it all fell apart. I'd say Sam Darnold wasn't healthy, of course. Uh, but, hey, all I need to do is fix the turnovers. That's but, all I got to uh, do. But <laughs> – so that was a bad one, but I also came in at five out of seven. So all of us with five out of seven. Yeah, that's it. Not too shabby. That's it. I dumbass really picked the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> Should have yeah. been six. Should have been six. Give it. So, give it. You, win. You, he didn't even put the Packers in the wild card. I know. You didn't even put the Packers in the wild card. Yeah, Keeks. It's weird not having a number one seed in the playoffs. You want to elaborate on that? No, I don't actually. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, well, I guess that's a, that's a quick transition over to some more pain for me in the, I, I did not do well in the AFC. Let, let, let's get into that. What the AFC playoff picture looks like for reference, the Titans have the one seed, the two, seven matchup are the chiefs and the Steelers in the three, six matchup. You have the bills and the Patriots. That's going to be a good one. And then the four or five are the Bengals and the Raiders. So those, <laughs> that's who made it. And let's talk about my predictions. I had the Steelers winning the North. They barely Yikes. got in as the seventh seed. <laughs> so they at least made the playoffs. At, at winning the South, I had the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> And uh, big yikes, big our loser yikes. for the episode, the loser, <laughs> the, episode, in perspective. the lose the episode. I had winning the division, so I had the we all had the Chiefs winning the West, and we all had the Bills winning the East. Um, my three wild card teams I had the Browns, the Dolphins, and the Ravens. So, of, <laughs> of my <laughs> Of the seven teams in the playoffs, I only got two of the divisions right and three of the total teams. So that's tough. <laughs> and the Titans, the number one seed, not in the playoffs. No, so. not even. Yeah, screw you, Keegan. Yeah, who would make We're that? We're both dumbasses. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
I can go ahead. And, I can go ahead and go go second. So I actually had the Browns winning the North, and turns out they were a dumpster fire. So that was uh, <laughs> completely incorrect. The South, I, I had the Titans winning, so I got that one correct. West, as you said, Keegan, we all had the Chiefs, and East, we all had the Bills. Got those right. So three out of four division winners, not too bad. Wild card one, I had the Steelers. They tiptoed their way in, yeah. but it counts. So I got the Steelers. <laughs> it counts. Wild card two, I had the Chargers. Um, yeah, I, either way, I would have gotten one of those right if they tied or if they didn't. So uh, not much I could do do there. And then lastly, I had the Ravens as well, Keegan. Not a good year for the Ravens. So I was sitting at four out of seven in total and three of the four division winners. So not too bad. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, I'll go. I'll go last. Obviously, uh, North. I had the Browns. Um, don't really yeah. know what was going through my head there. Well, um, I'm. I mean, let's. let's it was a bad. Hang pick. on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I don't know if I'd go that far because they they had just come off of getting a playoff win in Pittsburgh in in the playoffs before, and so all signs did show that they would take another step. But Baker struggled with injury, and his is he turned into a noodle arm. And it just it didn't look good for the Browns, but I mean, let's not, not yeah, not to pick. mention not a bad Joe. Pick. We kind of forgot Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, but that's that's uh. I mean, I didn't uh, forget. I, I just I don't didn't know. think they'd be good. Just, yeah, it's like, I did, they surprised the absolute yeah. hell out of me. Yeah, definitely one of the most surprising teams this year for sure. Uh, South, I got the Titans, unlike. Uh, Keegan picking the Colts. All right. But, All right. Um, West <laughs> East, we've already mentioned it. I got the Chiefs and Bills. Wild card one, t- tough draw here. I had the Ravens. Um, don't don't really know. I thought Lamar Jackson would play, but guess not. Yeah, wild injuries. card two. Wild card two. I had the Chargers like Tanner. Um, and then wild card three. I'm gonna give myself a little pat yeah. on the back here. I actually had the Patriots. I uh, yeah. believed in Billy B, and he got it's, done. It's wild how you can get the Patriots and Eagles. I remember, I vividly yeah, remember right. when you were saying that. I was like, dude, this guy's faded. What is he saying? <laughs> uh, yeah, right. And he was right. But then he goes and picks the Vikings to win the division and forgets the Packers. <laughs> so, yeah, well done, kind of, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> well done, kind of. Yeah. It's true. It's like sniping the Eagles and the uh, and the Patriots. That's pretty impressive. I think uh, I think my performance in the AFC is probably the worst performance by anyone by far. But yeah, I mean, let's let's see if our NFL playoff predictions are any better. <laughs> let's let's dig into some of these games. Um, before we get into predictions and analyzing these games. Uh, Let's talk about the month of January. We're in the new month, which means we have new records. Uh, Sam led us last week going three and two. And then Tanner and I were one step behind him, both going two and three. So with Super Wild Card Weekend, we got playoff games on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday night. A lot of good football, seven games, a lot of chances to make up uh, six games. My bad. Uh, not, not sure how you'd have an odd number I was of playoff say. games, but six games, not seven. But let's dive into some of these. Let's start with the Buccaneers and the Eagles. Who are we liking in this matchup between the defending reigning Super Bowl champs and the seven-seeded Eagles? I like the Buccaneers here. I'm trusting Tom Brady, and it's simple as that. I, I don't trust Jalen Hurts. Uh, to get done against this Buccaneers team. So I got the Bucks. I completely agree. There's going to be no Philly special in, in Tampa. It's going to be Tom Brady's going to get this win. Just the better team. That's all it is. Yeah, that Buccaneers roster has so much talent with or without the talents of Antonio Brown. They have, pl- they have plenty more talent where that comes from. And so – and the Eagles, they have a really strong running game, and Jalen Hurts has had some he's, – he's been surprising this year. And we, we talked a little bit about how, you know, Sam picked the Eagles, and Tanner and I both very surprised with that pick. You know, this team's made some massive strides this year. They don't turn the ball over. They should be able to keep it close, but I don't think anyone in their right minds picking the Eagles no. to knock off Tampa Bay. Uh, another game on Sunday – uh, that's going to be San Francisco and the 49ers. 
traveling to Dallas. This is one of my favorite games of the weekend to take a look at. So what are we taking here? I agree. I think this is a really good game to really dive into. And I mean, I think on the surface, a lot of people are just going to jump to Cowboys because of the records and the names. And I think that would be a mistake. The 49ers are very tough and they play tough football. But with all of that being said, I am going to lean Dallas in a very close game by a field goal. I've got the Cowboys at home. Well, Tanner, well, Tanner you're wrong. Oh. I'm hopping in here. I'm hopping in here in the middle. The reason why you're wrong is that Jimmy Garoppolo coming to this game, it all comes down to what he can do because that rushing attack is incredibly dangerous. Having Elijah Mitchell, he just barely missed out on a thousand yard season. And then you have, and the reason why he just barely missed out on a thousand yards, because you have wide receiver turned wide receiver and running back in Debo Samuel. He is a, what a weapon. weapon. What a weapon. Having over 1,400 Whoa. receiving yards. And in, uh, in addition, having nearly 400 rushing yards on the season. So there's an incredibly efficient r- rushing attack that San Fran brings to the table, as well as a defense that's getting healthy at the right time. This team just a few years ago made a playoff run. And one of the reasons why they made that playoff run was because Jimmy Garoppolo they made a Super Bowl run. Yeah, not only a <laughs> playoff run, a Super Bowl run. They were one deep throw away that Jimmy Garoppolo just barely overthrew from taking the lead late in that Super Bowl as well. So it, it just like there in that Super Bowl, it really falls on Jimmy Garoppolo here. Is he gonna be is he gonna be efficient or is he gonna turn the ball over? If he can stay efficient like he did in that second half and in overtime against the LA Rams, I like the Niners to get the win here. Egan, you're wrong. Oh. I'm the Cowboys in this one. I, I just like uh like Dak Prescott in that offense. I've been saying it all year. I will not go against him. I don't trust Jimmy G on the other side. And I got the Cowboys in this one. The last game on Sunday night, that's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers and traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs, the reigning, the two-time reigning AFC champs. I don't know how deep we have to go here because I'm not sure any of us are taking the Steelers, but do we have Chiefs across the board? Yep. Yeah, I mean, all I can say is congrats on a great career, Ben Roethlisberger. Um, This is your last game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, isn't there wasn't there something floating around about like this being uh, the big bad retirement party? I, I've seen something. Yeah, like oh that. yeah, it was like a an invitation to the big big Ben re- retirement party at Arrowhead. <laughs> yeah, As, so uh, the Steelers the Steelers defense has been really impressive. Uh, you have T.J. Watt who who tied Michael Strahan's uh, sacks record. And funny enough, even though this is the longest season ever with 17 games instead of 16. T.J. Watt actually did it in less games than Michael Strahan did because T.J. Watt missed four games. Massive props to Watt for getting that sacks record. That defense has been uh, has been really good all year long. Uh, props to me for picking T.J. Watt for Defensive Player of the Year. We'll see if that comes through. But the road ends here. Great career, Big Ben. We'll see what quarterback they get to replace you. It's probably not Mason Rudolph. It's probably no one on that roster, but. Could be one of our quarterbacks, Keys. <sighs> That's a conversation for another day. Don't, don't bring my quarterback into this. He's, he's not done with his season yet, but uh, Sam, are you taking the Chiefs as well? Yep. <laughs> no explanation short and needed. sweet gotta love it short sweet to the point let's talk about some saturday games the first of the two games on saturday uh that's gonna be the raiders traveling to cincinnati to take on the Bengals. so in this matchup of the raiders getting the win on sunday night football making it into the playoffs knocking out the chargers their prize is taking on Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, the winners of the AFC North. So who wins this matchup between these two teams? Yeah, I think I think this is going to be a sneaky good game uh, that a lot of people are going to look over. But I just like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase uh, a lot better than the Raiders. So I got the Bengals in this one. I, I looked very 
long and very hard at a way to pick the Raiders. Cause honestly, I, I, they're just fun to root for. Yeah. And I wanted to pick the Raiders. I just couldn't, I think, I just think the, the Bengals at a home have too much firepower on offense, as you said, Sam. So with that, I'm going with Cincinnati and a close one. Yeah. For, for the Raiders to even be here, uh, it's been one heck of a season for Las Vegas. You know, we, we talked about it a little bit last episode, uh, I couldn't, I, you know, Sam and I both picked the Raiders and my explanation, I talked about how my gut told me that the chargers were going to win, but for some reason, just looking at the evidence, when I, when I counted out the Raiders, they won. And here I am thinking about counting out the Raiders again. Uh, this time I am going to trust my gut. I am going with the Bengals to win over the Raiders but I mean, for the adversity that this team's gone through, getting massive wins and big moments down the stretch, I mean, they've winning five of the last seven games to make it into the playoffs, including wins over the Cowboys, over the Chargers, over the Colts. This team had to win big games against good teams to make it here into the playoffs. So if they can, they can totally get a win over the Bengals here. But Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, that offense from Cincinnati has too much firepower. And then you take a look at their defense. This is the same defense that allowed a lot of points from Kansas City in the first half, but then turned it around and how the Bengals ended up clinching, how the Bengals ended up clinching the AFC North was the fact that they turned around in that game and only allowed the Chiefs to score three points in that entire second half. They allowed 28 in the first half, but that Bengals defense held the Chiefs to three in the second half. That defense impressive, as is the offense. So we got to take the Bengals here. Shout out Rich Passaccia. Should be coach of the year. He has done an incredible job with those Raiders leading them in playoffs. Okay. Westchester County kid. Shout out Westchester, New York. Oh, he's from, he's from Westchester County. He is. Well, how about that? New York repping. The last game on Saturday night, we, we have a lot of good ones, but there can't be enough headlines from this one. The third matchup of the season between the Bills and the Patriots. This one's in Buffalo. It's going to be cold. It might be windy. It might be snowy. We saw what happened last time when we had tons of wins in a game. So we'll see what happens here. But who wins between Josh Allen and the Bills and Mac Jones and the Patriots? God, I, I think the Bills get them. I, I think they do. I think they're able to win the season series. And and I trust Josh Allen. I like that offense. And it seems like they kind of lost their form midseason, but kind of got it back towards the end. We're playing better. And, I mean, that defense has been really good throughout the season. So that's where I'm going. I'm going Buffalo at home. Taylor, you're once again wrong. I trusted Billy B to get these Pats into the playoffs, and I'm trusting them again here. I think the Pats get it done. Uh, Sam, the reason why you're wrong is the fact that all of the momentum is going in the way of Buffalo because let's look at the way the Patriots ended the season. They just lost against the Dolphins, who apparently was so fed up with the fact that they swept the Patriots. The Patriots were so low of a bar to reach that they're like, (laughs) Mike Mike Flores, get out of here. We don't need you. And before that, sure, the the Patriots dropped 50 on the Jaguars, the same team that eliminated the playoff team, but different Jaguars, I guess. The Bills lost to the – I mean, the Patriots lost to the Bills the week before. And then the week before that, the Patriots lost to the Colts. So this is a team that's lost three of their last four. After they went on quite the streak there for a while – Everything is going wrong for the Patriots. And I think that continues. But the, the Bills, if, if there's decent weather, as long as there's not incredibly strong winds, that's going to deter the passing game. For me, that's really the biggest X factor in this game. It's not even any player on the field. It's just, is the weather going to be okay? It's going to be cold. Uh, we don't know too much about whether there's going to be snow, whether there's going to be strong winds, but if, if it's somewhat calm and Josh Allen is able to at least pass the ball around a little bit, I like their chances and I like Buffalo. And let's talk about the biggest game 
of the weekend. This is pretty much everyone's headliner and deservingly so. This is the Monday night playoff game. This is the Rams and the Cardinals, two teams that went down to the wire in that division. If the Cardinals had just beaten the Seahawks and the 49ers still beat the Rams, it would be the Cardinals hosting this playoff game instead of the Rams. But that didn't happen. The Rams are hosting this one. So who takes it between L.A. and Matthew Stafford and Kyler Murray and the Cardinals? Yeah, I uh, I, I just think Matt Stafford and his wide receiving core just gets it done here, and I got the Rams. I just don't trust the Cardinals right now. They've been really inconsistent uh, ever since coming out hot, but I got the Rams in this one. Well, Sam, you're wrong, and here's why. I really like the Cardinals to get this one done because I just don't trust Matthew Stafford anymore. He's thrown eight interceptions in the last four games. This dude cannot keep the ball with their team consistently. And when the moments have been brightest, if this is a close game that goes down to the wire, when things get big against good teams, against great teams, and the Cardinals are definitely a great team, Matthew Stafford just can't seem to get things done. He keeps turning the ball over. And and last week against the 49ers, a tough team, and the Cardinals defense is going to be getting J.J. Watt back. So that's going to be another addition to that Cardinals defense that's going to make them tougher to go up against. But against the 49ers, blowing a big halftime lead, the 49ers kind of gave another version of that blueprint on how to take down the L.A. Rams. So I think the Cardinals exposed that. Kyler Murray and that explosive offense does what they do. I just don't trust Matthew Stafford. I really liked the start to the season that they had, but apparently that Detroit Lion part of them keeps showing because I don't trust them to make a deep playoff run. Um, Keegan, you're wrong. Um, and here's why. Because the Cardinals are the NFC's Patriots. Halfway through the season, this team was leading their division. They were the last undefeated team you were thinking this team is going to be a lock in the playoffs. And they were, but down the stretch, they got blown out by the Panthers. I know Kyler Murray didn't play, but you still like to think a complete team would be able to beat the Panthers. Instead, they got blown out at home. They got blown out by the Lions completely healthy, or not without DeAndre Hopkins, but they had their quarterback back, got blown out by the Lions. They lost to the Colts, a team that didn't make the playoffs. Probably should have, but again, didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> Loser the episode. And then you have a win, a, a a win and you win the division game against the six and 10 Seahawks at home. And you lose that too. Things have been trending way downhill for the Cardinals. They do sprinkle in a big win against the Cowboys. That was an impressive win, but things have been on the downhill for the Arizona Cardinals. They do get JJ Watt back. That helps. But with all of that downhill trend and the talent on the Rams side, I think the Rams will win this game. To wrap this thing up, we're going to talk about our questions of the episode. We have a few good ones here. We're going to start out with a question from Matt Rolak. Which wildcard team has the best chance to win the Super Bowl? I'll take this one first. It's actually, in my opinion, a team that I didn't even pick to win their first game. But I like the Cardinals. Uh, it's my wildcard team uh, to win the Super Bowl. Um, will they? No. Um, but <laughs> if they can get back to where they started at the beginning of the year, I think they got a good shot at making it, but that's my pick. The Arizona Cardinals. I would, I would love it if the Cardinals go on to win a Super Bowl and we can just take this bite, put it in a TikTok, and then put it with Kyler Murray hosting the Lombardi. <laughs> Yeah, God, it, it, it's it's funny you said that because the team I have also I have losing in the first round. And what, what did I just say before that the Cardinals were the NFC's Patriots? <laughs> My team is the Patriots because we've seen what this team can be like when they hit their stride. Um, they have absolutely throttled bad teams, but scored 50. They've put 50 on the board. They've beaten the Titans. Granted, that was without Derrick Henry. They kind of handled the Titans comfortably. They have beaten the Bills before. And they have won games doing different things. They've won games leaning on that defense. They've won games throwing three passes and just leaning on the run game the entire time. And they've won games slinging the ball. 
so they can win games in multiple ways. They have that defense. They have the experienced coaching. And they're in the AFC. The problem with the Cardinals is not only they have to beat the Rams, then they have to beat the Packers or the Cowboys. And it's just there are too many good teams in the NFC. So I think if there's a if there's a league where a wildcard team will make the will make the Super Bowl, it is the AFC. And for me, that team's the Patriots. But with that being said, I do think they lose to the Bills. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's a good pick though, because like you said, there's there's a lot less like you know, of, of the elite teams in the NFL, a lot of them are in the NFC. That is, that's a tough conference to be in right now. Uh, but with that being said, the team that I'm picking is from that conference. And unlike you guys, this is the team that I did pick to win. Uh, I picked them to win over the Cowboys and that'd be the 49ers. I mean, let's just, uh, you know, just boiling it down to its basics. The 49ers have been to the Super Bowl and they almost won the Super Bowl. So if they can stay healthy, do the things that they'd like to do, which is that rushing attack, that's what they do best, relying on their defense, dominating time of possession, making long drives that makes your opposition's defense tired. If they can do that against the Dallas Cowboys, keep the hands out of Dak Prescott, the best weapon that they have is just that, keeping the ball out of your opposition's best players. And then the NFC, there's a lot of good offenses. So if they can keep the ball away from those good offenses, I like the 49ers chance of making a deep run, a deep Super Bowl run. Not bad. Not bad. So with all that being said, what is your guys' Super Bowl prediction? Well, you know who I got coming out of the NFC. Let's just get into it. Get it out of the way. Coming out of the NFC, I got the Green Bay Packers. And here's why. They're they're, they're the only team that's getting healthier here at the end of the season. And not only the only team that's getting healthier, but the team that's getting healthier by the most, by the biggest margin, this team is getting healthier. They're essentially making a free agency splash here right before making a deep postseason run. This team was already one of the best offenses in the NFL, and they're getting left tackle David Bakhtiari back. The best left tackle in all of football, getting him back right before making a playoff run. They're also getting center Josh Myers back. They're also getting um, they're also getting another offensive lineman back whose name is escaping me. Fake fan, I know. But but then there's that defense. They're gonna get Jair Alexander back, all pro corner. They're gonna get Zadarius Smith back, all pro pass rusher. This team was already one of the best teams in the, in the NFL, and they're getting a handful of players back for that Super Bowl run. And plus, they have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And unlike last year, there's actually going to be fans in the stands. So this, the home field advantage is actually going to matter here in Green Bay. So I have them represent the NFC and then the AFC. I really don't know which of these teams is going to actually make it, but I'm going to go with the basic team. I'm going to go with the Kansas city chiefs. I want to see the state farm bowl. I want to see Aaron Rodgers uh-huh. against Patrick Mahomes. And in this state farm bowl, I'm going with Aaron Rodgers. I'm going with the better team, the deeper team, the team that almost beat the chiefs anyways in Kansas city without Aaron Rodgers, with Jordan love at the helm. And I have the Green Bay Packers winning the Super Bowl. Book it. Take it, to, take it to the bank. The Green Bay Packers will host the Lombardi. The Lombardi's coming home to Green Bay. All right. Alrighty. All right. So we've got a hot take from Keegan that the number one seed and best overall record is going to win the Super Bowl. Way to go out on a limb there, buddy. Sam, your turn. Because I refused to pick the Packers because – they suck. I hate them. Everything about them, especially Aaron Rodgers. He's like the worst thing to ever happen in the NFL. But pardon that. Bro. I'm going with the boys because why not? You know, I love I love the Cowboys. I love Dak Prescott. I love their offense. Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, overrated. I know. But I, I love me some Micah Parsons. Uh, he's been a great asset to that defense. So I got them coming out of the NFC. And then ASC, I'm going to be basic like Keegan. But in another way, I'm going with the Chiefs. I like, I just can't pick against Patrick Mahomes um, in the playoffs. So I got the Cowboys Chiefs 
I'm uh, picking the Cowboys. Oh, wow. <laughs> so before the season started, I actually put money on the Cowboys to win, and I'm trusting my gut here. So I got I to get roll with the boys. How well, I have to ask. So you, you, you put money on the Cowboys. How much did you put, and what were the odds? It's actually a two-leg parlay. Um, oh, well, the, the, the other one is certainly not happening. <laughs> oh, is that like Iowa basketball to win the championship? It is. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a $1 bet to win $1,000. So, um, <laughs> I have more faith in the Cowboys winning it all than I do Iowa, you, but you, we'll see. You got to believe, right? You just, you yeah, believe. why not? Why not? But they just got to make the dance and then just let Keegan Murray go off. Dude's got a pretty good first name, so he should do fine. Eh, and, uh, debatable. <laughs> so, Tanner, uh, we have our Super Bowl predictions. What's yours? All right. Coming out of the NFC, I have the undisputed GOAT, Tom uh, Brady, of course. Scotty Miller will leave. Kevin King in the dust again and score a big touchdown that will send the Buccaneers Why? to the Super Bowl. To the so I got the Bucks coming out of the NFC because I'm putting my money where with Tom Brady the goat on the AFC side. A uh, I'm going to actually go different for the sake of being different. I'm going to go with the Titans. I mean they are the number one seed and they get their best weapon back. Probably the most dominant player at his position and that is derrick henry of course and and the 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 titans handled the the chiefs earlier in the year granted i know it's a completely different chiefs team um but why not go with some difference so i have got the buccaneers and the titans in the super bowl and of course i'm going with the buccaneers i just think tom brady is he's just gonna keep winning i i I don't really know how yeah but he just keeps winning and that, I mean, and that team is also more than Tom Brady. They have talent across mm-hmm. the board, a yeah. good, solid defense, playmakers on the outside, as you've said already, Keegan. So I've got the Buccaneers over the Titans. Yeah. Something that's underrated about, I'll talk about the Chiefs and the Titans here quickly. Something that's underrated about the Chiefs, you know, we, you know, we all know Patrick Mahomes. We all know that offense, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. But it's been that defense here in the second half of the season that's been their reason for success. This still isn't a great defense. But it wasn't the, it hasn't been the historic levels of yeah. bad that we saw to start that season. But then the Titans, you know, we, we talk about adversity that the, the, the Raiders have faced, uh, the Titans have faced different adversity, and that's losing your best player. You said Derrick Henry is the best player at his position. He is the best player at any position, you know, compared to the other players at his position. Like, Miles Derrick- ahead. Derrick Henry's he's so good at what he does. The, the closest player to him is probably Jonathan Taylor, who's a great back, who's very dominant. But I mean, Derrick Henry, he just like the way he stiff arms players and just still, ends careers. I think he's still top top ten rushing this year. Yeah, and it, he hasn't played in five six weeks. Let's let's look that up, shall we? I think he is in, in rushing yards, and that's just how dominant he is. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So he, so he's still top ten. And let's look at touchdowns. And he is also seventh in rushing. <laughs> t- so he, this dude, despite missing you know four or five weeks, is still ninth in total rushing yards and seventh in total rushing touchdowns. And he's he's been gone for a third of this season. So yeah. Derrick Henry, he's kind of good. <laughs> yeah, last question we got for the episode. Um, what is the y'all's most overrated food in comparison to popular opinion? I'll kick this one off. And not throwing out a food that we just don't like um, because um, they're, you know everyone has a food that most people like that they just don't. But with all that being said, the food that I like and I don't like as much as other people I'm going to say hot dogs. I just, I, at a barbecue in the summer, I always prefer a hamburger to a hot dog. Mm-hmm. I'd say really the only acceptable place, or not acceptable, the only place where I do prefer a hot dog maybe would be at a ballpark because obviously yeah. that pairing is iconic, but most baseball games I go to are at City Field, of course, being a Mets fan. And they had two of my top five stadium foods from last episode, 
none of which were hot dogs. So I just think that there's just better food you can get. And I, I, I people love hot dogs and, and I just like others better. So, so the hot dog is what I am putting at my most overrated food that, that, I, that I still like. Now the, the overrated food that I'll go with is it's a food that I enjoy, you know, go, same, same with this line. Not, it's not a food that I hate on. It's really hard for me to eat. I guess I'll just talk about this kind of generally. I'm thinking about red velvet cake, uh, but just throw together just rich cakes in general, uh, rich cupcakes, that type of deal. They're good. Oftentimes when I want to have a, some cake, I want to be able to finish the slice of cake that I get. But so many times when you have red velvet cake or something like that, you have to cut down your portions because it's just so rich that you really can't finish it very well. I'm a fan of red velvet. I'm a fan of those rich chocolate cakes. They're really good. I mean, sometimes I just want to pig out and have a good deal of cake, but with those, you just can't have too much of it. Red velvet cake. I mean, I, I personally don't like it, but yeah. so, so I completely get that. That's a, that's a good take. Good take. <laughs> yeah. So I'll probably get a lot of hate from our listeners and y'all too. My most overrated food. I like it. Don't get me wrong, but I think it is so overrated and that is mcdonald's mickey d's i i know people love it i i get it i get it i just think they have it's just average at best in my opinion their fries are probably the most overrated thing in my opinion unless i will there is a caveat if they're hot they they're the best yeah, but there you go there nine 9.9 times out of 10 i'm getting cold that i've been on the fryer for like eight <laughs> days so yeah mcdonald's is definitely uh my most overrated food i mean like that's fair because when, when you know when mickey d's gets it right you know it slaps it's a good time but oftentimes recently I've had quite the issue with McDonald's, sometimes even getting my order completely wrong. Should, should I oh, talk about geez. that? Should I talk? Yeah. So I wasn't expecting to talk about this. Um, so I'll go ahead and share this story that just happened. Uh, this was earlier this week. Earlier in the day, I was planning on getting some groceries and I forgot about it. I, I went to work, came back home and I was like, oh, I have no food. I don't feel like going out and getting groceries. And so I'm just gonna door dash something quick. And it was really late at night. And at that point in time, McDonald's was the only thing that was gonna get me food in like less than 30 minutes. And so I'm like, all right, fine. I don't wanna wait over an hour. So let me get some McDonald's, ordered it quick. And you know, got, got a sandwich, got some fries, got a drink and six, six chicken nuggets, only six. <laughs> I get my order. And when I got my order, when I got my bag from DoorDash, the bag was bigger than I expected. And I was like, oh, I guess it's just an oversized bag. I don't know. I didn't think much of it. I go up to my apartment. I open the bag. And what do I see sitting on top? But I see a 10-piece chicken nugget. And the first thing I think of is, oh, cool. I got 10 instead of six. That's pretty cool. I paid for six. I'm getting 10. I'm, you know, this is, this is a good deal here. I pull out the 10 piece McNugget. I pull out some of the sauces that were like on the side in the bag because in the bag was a different bag. And so I'm like, oh, all right, this is going to be good. And then I'm like, all right, let's pull some fries. And I pull out another 10 piece chicken nugget. <laughs> and I'm like, huh, I only, I only ordered six and now I have 20. All right. All right. Let's uh, get, get out the sandwich here that I'm looking forward to eating. And I pull out another 10 piece chicken nugget. And I just, I opened the bag and I go through everything. I got someone else's order. I feel bad for whoever got my order because they only got six nuggets instead of what I got, which was 80 chicken nuggets. I pulled out eight different little cartons of 10 piece chicken nuggets. And I still have 60 nuggets sitting in my fridge right now. And I, it turns out that they air fry pretty well. Because I was thinking, like, how am I going to get these good again? Because, you know, yeah. just like uh, like microwaving these, like that's fried you know, food that, warming that back up doesn't really work well. Yeah, but air frying it, 
it works pretty it works. well. It's it's pretty much as long as you don't burn the things, <laughs> you know. But so McDonald's, if they don't get your entire order wrong, <laughs> it, it can still be a good time Boy. sometimes. But I, I get I get what you're saying, Sam. I, I mean, yeah, I get it. It's not like I'm gonna you know take McDonald's over like a you know a, a, a nice like like burger joint or something. But God, I just. <laughs> I, I like mcdonald's a lot i do i i do so wait 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 sam are you throwing in mcdonald's sprite in there with that take oh no okay okay okay, okay. okay. No. <laughs> so there's two ca- the sprite and hot fries there that, mcdonald's funny. kills it there yeah okay all right unless unless you get the oh. tropical sprite oh they give you the uh, tropical yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's the that's tough that's tough that's the worst again, thing. Again, it's happen. not bad, but it's, it's like just not. It's not. It's just not the not sprite. It's just not the sprite. <laughs> I agree. I so agree. something I want to ask before we wrap up this episode, talking about overrated foods. When when you know when you do a quick you know when you do a quick Google search on this, look at some of the articles. Something that a, a really popular food that sometimes pops up is that of bacon. Is bacon overrated, underrated, or properly rated? Sam. I'd say properly rated. Um, it depends. Again, how it's cooked. If it's, I'm a crispy guy. I like my Ooh. bacon a little crisp. Um, but gotta have a little bit of fat because gas. Yeah. yeah. But if it's cooked like burnt, oh, that's the worst. But <laughs> yeah. I, I I think it's properly rated. I don't think it's overrated by any means, but. I, I have properly rated as well. I mean, bacon is incredible. That's just the fact that that's a fact. It's, <laughs> it elevates, I mean, a sandwich and a burger, you put bacon on it, game changer. Yeah. And then you're just sitting there, I mean, eating strips of bacon. And I remember <laughs> like when I was like four or five years old going to like a diner and I ordered a side of bacon, they ate me like two strips and I was absolutely livid because I would, <laughs> I would eat like eight or 10 or even more than that when I was a kid. So it's true. Yeah, I think it's properly rated. Bacon is awesome. I, I think it, it, it tastes incredible. I don't really know how anyone would say underrated with this because bacon is pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but yeah, I got to go with properly rated as well. I'm glad all of us agree on this because Sam, I was worried there for a moment because like when you're talking about hate, you know, like, you know, how you're going to get hated on for this. I was like, well, I mean, what, what could he be talking about here? And so I started going through, you know, my favorite foods in my head. And I was like, you better not be talking about bacon. <laughs> I mean, like they've, they've made sandwiches, like a BLT. It's, it's a bacon lettuce tomato. It's bacon is the headliner there. That there's so much there that makes up all the goodness that is bacon. But that'll wrap it up for episode 32. Make sure to throw us a follow on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at crunchtime underscore pod. The clock is now run out on this episode, but we'll see you in the next one on Crunch Time.